tomorrow is the first of the month, which is the perfect time for me to have this episode on rejection to inspire you to write that email and to get it out of your drafts and to stop caring what people think. Before we get into this episode, make sure you're following the new Unfiltered on social media as well as my personal social media, which is at Alexa underscore Curtis. So just some updates on the Be Fearless Summit. We have decided to do a virtual keynote event the night before on February 25th from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. EST. And on Saturday, the 26th, we will be doing a half-day summit. Unfortunately, I've had to take out panels and speakers because of that, along with a very much smaller lunch. Uh, So it won't be as much like networking and whatnot as we wanted, but you'll still get lunch. And then you will get matched with a mentor at some point, but we're still figuring out the logistics of the mentorship hour. So the more that I know about that, the more that I will tell all of you, we are already sold out. So if you RSVP now, you will be put on a wait list. And if you have already RSVP'd, you have gotten a confirmation email that suggests exactly where to go on the day of. I want to tell a little bit about the summit process to many of you because I get asked this question all the time about hosting these. And quite frankly, many of these reasons are the reasons that I've decided to pursue the app, almost 100%, the mentorship app after this summit. It's just not a scalable business model. I don't think people realize how much money, time, and effort goes into planning a conference like this. Now, I... I'm aware that this is the first one that we've had funded by a college, which honestly feels like a huge sigh of relief and a lot of excitement. So you might be saying, like, why are you going to stop now when this is the first college who's actually paid for it? Well, there's a few different reasons. And I think the number one reason is that the process to pull this together and the amount of pressure required is immense. When you're doing it on your own, like I've done in the past, maybe working with some of these off-site campus groups, it was totally different. There was really no requirement for me to show up. The sponsors obviously cared and whatnot, but whether or not I showed up didn't really matter. The stakes feel a lot higher for this one. And for that, it's made me really notice how this business model is just not something that I think is super scalable at this moment. That being said, if you ask me, should I build a summit or try and host conferences, here's what I would suggest you do. If you are looking to host conferences or summits, what you need to do is you need to start really small. And instead of going to the big leagues like I did, when I had the first idea for the Be Fearless Summit, I pitched it out for a year and never heard back. When I pitched it to Drexel, they said yes, and I wasn't anticipating them to say yes. And I think that's kind of where some of these issues evolved is that I really went into it face first, having no idea what to do or what not to do. And when you do build something based on just the excitement and the naiveness along going into something without knowing the outcome of it, you face a lot more of these types of scenarios where you just don't know what's going to happen. And so this one being our fourth and our biggest yet, I've realized that the backbones of this, it's just going to take a long time to make it ultimately a very successful company, whereas the app to me is something that's way more feasible, will ultimately probably be way more successful, and it's just easier to scale. But if you are looking to host summits, what I would say is you need to start small, and I would suggest that you go to smaller companies in your area, get that cult following. Maybe you have five to 10 girls who you know every single Friday want to be on a call to talk about money. Okay, so let's go start, have two or three of those, get some responses, and then from there go to a bank or go to a hotel. 
pitch them and see what they say. And then you can really start to evolve this concept out and build that following enough to where you can then go to a massive college or sponsor and get your idea funded. These are not ideas that I look back now or even now and take lightly. Honestly, I will say that I haven't been paid nearly enough of what I should have been paid through doing these for the fourth time. And the more that you do them, the more work is involved and the more ideas you have. And because of that, there is just almost you're constantly running out of money. And you never want to find yourself in that place where you're running out of money. Uh, But it's just the time management and organization putting together a conference. It's just too much. It's too much until you have a team of 20 people. But it's like, how do you get to that point when you're starting something out so definitely take that idea that I had if you want to do it make it fun make it interactive and build from there so this episode I really wanted to center around rejection and I'm basing it off of an interview I was on with a young adult who has an awesome podcast and a mental health nonprofit last week and her story really resonated with me because it made me think of the amount of times that I've been rejected and the amount of times that I have fallen down and gotten back up. And the question I'm always asked is how do you do it? How do you fall down and get back up time after time again and just stop caring about whether or not you're going to be rejected? But her story was that she wanted to pitch her nonprofit to the Miami Dolphins, one of those sports teams And she was really nervous to do so. And I had her off camera when the episode ended. We walked through every single step on how she felt with the idea when she wrote the email, when she didn't click send, and then when she finally clicked send. And I said, okay, walk me through initially the first moment where you have this idea, right? And she said, yes, it was very exciting, da-da-da. And I said, okay, so then what happened? Well, then I wrote the email, and then I got really scared and nervous and realized, like, who do I think I am to write this email? And I said, okay, and then what happened from there? And she said, from there, it stayed in my drafts for, I think, two weeks, and I didn't send it. And then I said, okay, and how did that make you feel? And she was like, well, I really wanted to send it, but I just kept thinking to myself, I'm not good enough to send this email. And I said, okay, then what? And she said, well, finally, then I I click send on Sunday at 11 p.m. And I said, how did that make you feel? And she said, well, I went to bed right after and I woke up on Monday and couldn't stop overthinking the fact that I had sent the email out at 11 p.m. on a Sunday. Who can relate to all of these feelings? I certainly can. I have had so many moments among and along my career where I have overthought all of these elements. I have never really felt like I wasn't good enough to send an email or to get a reply. And the reason I think that is is because I go into everything so optimistic with the fact that someone will reply that I don't even let myself think of the rejection. So as she told me this scenario, a few ideas came to mind how she could have reduced the amount of stress and like panic along with what she was thinking about the rejection so that she could have felt more comfortable whether or not they rejected her. It's really not about the rejection. That's not what matters. It's the feeling that you feel when someone tells you no. And so a few pieces of advice I had for her were, look, You should never feel not good enough to write that email because how would you feel if someone opened the email that you're sending them, right? Like if someone opened half the emails that I send out or opened that email from her and was like, I'm a young founder and I started this nonprofit. I just wanted to introduce myself. I would be like, this is so cool. So right off the bat there, 
You are only thinking you're not good enough for yourself. No one else is thinking that about you. Stop worrying about the followers and the numbers and actually think about why am I not good enough to send this? And I can almost guarantee that most of you would say because I don't have enough followers or because I haven't done something like this before. So take those two out. The numbers don't matter and you've done this 20 times before. Are you worthy of a reply now? Does that make you realize how irrelevant the numbers are and how irrelevant whether or not you've done something before is? Because whether or not someone's going to reply to your email has nothing to do with those two factors. It is solely based on timing and whether or not your idea piques their interest. When you get that reply, give yourself a little bit of a reward because you have gotten someone to actually take the time to answer and reply to you, which means that they've le- likely looked you up and that is a huge reward in itself so let's all celebrate those small wins because honestly I don't enough and I know that a lot of people probably look at my life and are like wow this is so great and like she's on this or doing this or whatever that doesn't mean that I still don't have those moments where I'm like frustrated with myself or with rejection it's just part of the DNA of becoming successful but that doesn't mean you shouldn't celebrate the falling down and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't celebrate the getting back up All of that is a worthy thing to celebrate because most people will let the rejection tear them apart and you just can't. So I told her, look, now that you've gotten over these two fears of you're not good enough or your following isn't strong enough or whatever, how do you feel about going back and having written a second email to another company, a smaller sporting team in your area? Maybe it's not the Dolphins or someone maybe your mom or your friend knows that's at the top of another organization in your area that you're way more likely to get a yes from. And I think to do that, you have to be willing to accept that if you get a no from the bigger company, The yes you might get from this smaller one, it may not be your ideal goal, but you're working towards it. And so I think that's a really awesome thing to do is if there's a possibility you may be rejected, have something else in the fire that you can almost know someone's at least going to reply to you to tell you you're doing well enough and this is good enough and we're not interested right right now. Maybe we are, but let's keep this email on file. Boom. Aside from that, I told her that, When she was thinking, I'm too small to get the dolphins to reply to me, I was like, you don't know who behind the scenes right now is actually looking for four or five nonprofits to sponsor for the dolphins. What if the dolphins is looking at five young people to invest in? Just because you're sitting here thinking that you're not good enough to write that email doesn't mean that you're not what they're looking for. So we have to really reverse the narrative and especially when it comes to rejection to remind yourself that just because you don't think you're good enough for this person or this company doesn't mean that you aren't. It just means that you're right now struggling with wondering, am I doing good enough for me? One of the other things that she asked me during this podcast is how I don't get super frustrated or compare myself to other people. And what I found really works for me is to honestly limit the time on social media. The issue with social media is that the more time that we spend on it, the more that we're giving these people the opportunity to, these people like big organizations, the opportunity to make money on what they're trying to make money off of, which is the numbers and the likes and the follows. So instead of scrolling through social media all the time, that's when you start the comparison Go and either look at people who are off of social media who really inspire you. For me, that's someone like a Michelle Obama or a Sarah Blakely. It took years for them to get to the top. Or what you can do that's even better is you can 
realize that for the most part, 1% of people are going to go viral. Even so, if you go viral, what do you want? Ask yourself, are you looking for money? Do you want followers or clout? Or do you just want to impact people? Now, for her nonprofit, she's 23. I really get the sense that she just wants to impact people. And if you do that for long enough, everything will come after that. So when you're writing this email and your intention is to just get a reply, remind yourself that it's all timing. For the most part, people aren't always saying no to you because you don't have enough followers or because you haven't done this before, they're really saying no because it's just not the right time right now and it's just not what they're looking for. And so I urge you to just switch the narrative in your head. When you go to write that email or put it in your drafts, remind yourself, just because someone is getting this email and you would get it and maybe think, oh, this girl isn't good enough, doesn't mean that the person who's actually getting this email thinks that. You are good enough because you are writing the email. Just don't let yourself get frustrated when They maybe say no to you or they push you down. That's just a reminder to get back up and do it again and again until someone says yes. And this is one of the main reasons why I'm always focusing on so many different things at once. And the fire is, I guess, what's the term? Something in the fire of it, mitts in the fire? I don't know. Well, hopefully don't put your mitts in the fire because they actually might get on fire. But that's because I always want to know that there's always something coming back up coming after that no because you're going to get the no's all the time and that's okay that's part of the journey that's the excitement it is when you let that no destroy you that you have failed yourself you haven't failed the person who said no to you you really only failed yourself my friend in Austin he is actually starting his journey as an entrepreneur and he said to me the other day you know how do you get used to just never knowing what's going to happen and it's such a funny question to answer because It really, I I never really know every day when my next paycheck is coming from. I never know what's going to happen or if it's all going to end tomorrow. And I think that is one of the biggest fears of being an entrepreneur is you'll never have that commitment or even requirement to keep going like people who do work traditional jobs do. But that being said, I think that because I never know what's happening next and because there's always so many opportunities as an entrepreneur, that's the exciting part about it. And so even with her podcast, I, I told her, look, you wrote this email to the Dolphins. Maybe they're going to reply. Who cares that you wrote it at 11 p.m.? Maybe the person who's getting the email is on vacation in London. You know, don't usually write emails at 11 p.m., but it's okay. If it was only that one-minute block at 11 p.m. on Sunday night where you knew that you were going to get yourself to write the email – Screw it. Send the email. It really doesn't matter. Don't overthink that part of it. She actually could confirm that someone would say yes to her if she was to go and email a few extra guests that week. Like you might have the email out to the Dolphins and maybe send it to one other sporting league and then go and pitch five people who are going to be guests on the podcast. So then you just know that there's yeses coming in. I always like to have five or ten yeses coming in for every bigger thing that I'm focusing on that I know might be a no because that's what helps keep me back up. But anywho, so when he asked me that, I said there is this almost if there's a will, there's a way mentality. And I compare a lot of rejection to dating. I think that the personal relationship side of thing is something to really look at because with business, I don't like games. I want a response. And if the response is a no, that's fine. But to me, a response is way more respectful, even if it's a no, than just not replying. And so when I look at dating, I don't look at dating and like meeting people in relationships. I don't care whether or not you like me. I like appreciate what my friends think of me and what my parents think of me and if I'm doing something or wearing something that could look better sure tell me but I have a very supportive friend group and and I think that 
having that core friend group as well as people who really pick you back up, you start to realize that what other people think of you truly doesn't matter as much as what you think about yourself. So whenever I date or go out with people, I certainly think that guys probably don't know what to do with me half the time because I am just really straightforward with what I think. I appreciate a little bit of the game and I think that there certainly is and should be always a little bit of a game in business as well. Make that person know that you've got some other opportunities coming up or here's what you're working with. And the same for dating. If you don't want to see me again or in theory if you get ghosted by a guy, whatever, screw that person. They are not valuing your time and therefore you need to have enough respect for yourself to realize that this isn't worth your time and just move on. And it takes falling down a hundred thousand times and getting back up to realize that. So if you let that rejection stand in your way, if she gets that reply from the dolphins that says no, and she lets that take over her mindset for the next three weeks, you've let them win. The same way that if you go out with someone who's really cool and he or she, whoever it is, just stops contacting you and you really like incessantly follow up and you harass them with text messages, why are you chasing someone who just doesn't want you? Do you really think that they know or value your time no so just move on and it's the same way in business if you get that no and you let it destroy you then you're losing out on all of the potential yeses and so entrepreneurship and whatever it is that you're pursuing is a huge element of that it's allowing the yeses to fuel you just as much as the noes do because you always want to walk away learning something now last week's episode with leslie if you listened to it you probably heard her talk about some traits that she's noticing with young people and especially entrepreneurs and I actually found that a really fascinating thing to hear someone who's super successful like her acknowledge and she was saying that when she's hiring Gen Zers right now and young people and other people who are in her company and other companies are noticing is that many young people are showing up to job interviews and even jobs that they get and they have this newfound ego because of the expectation that they're going to be so successful from social media or the internet. And I kind of laughed as she said it because I've also noticed this too. And I think the issue is because we're all so addicted to social media and the possibility that you can make your whole life off of social media, you forget that for the most part, even if that's what's going to happen, you are still going to want to at some point work a traditional job. You're still going to want to have that paycheck coming in until you have proof that something else works. And I think that if you can get out of that mindset that you are not good enough for someone to reply to you or that if you can get out of that mindset that social media is your lifeline, it's not. It is not your lifeline. It is just a tool that is there for you to have fun. And if something happened, great. But it goes back to the question is, What do you want? How do you define success? Is it the money? Is it the following? Or do you want to impact people? And if you want to impact people, then you might work a traditional job until you figure out how to make a living off of it. And you certainly don't want the Leslies of the world who have worked their butt off to get to where they are over years to look at you as a self-absorbed, egotistical, young person who's telling them what to do telling anyone over the age who's 35 who's super successful already telling them what to do because you still have to put in the effort and you still have to have a seat at the table and prove that you're worth being there Uh, so something I've realized with social media is I now like really don't even check my dms before 
noon I find that I get really overwhelmed now with having a lot of messages to reply to so I just don't even check it in time in the headspace to do it I still take Sundays off of social media and if you can maybe implement some of these tricks to reduce your time on social media but also enjoy it a little bit more I think that in the moments that you're rejected or that you don't get the email it won't phase you as much over the long run because you really have core meaning of life which is to send the email and to get out of your comfort zone and to write those pitches all the time now I'm going to leave you with a story that I really Love And this story is something that has occurred in my career that honestly is one of the stories that I tell people when they come to me and they're like, how do I handle the rejection? Switch your mindset so that when you get the email back, whatever it is, you remind yourself that this is one of many no's and one of potentially many no's that will lead to a yes. Every no is a yes in two years. But this story is really awesome because it is just living proof of this. And it's living proof of the why I always say every no is a yes in two years. So back in 2017, I think I was living in Boston and I was constantly doing TV segments to afford to do blog posts and just anything else I wanted to do on the side. And because I didn't go to college, I never had a plan B. So what ended up happening is I found a producer list online and emailed a bunch of them and got a reply. This isn't the Disney story, but I got a reply from a different producer at a huge production company who wanted to take a meeting with me. And so I convinced my childhood best friend at the time to fly to LA with me and let's see what he said. I was really optimistic. It honestly seemed like I was going to get a show from this reply. And so I show up at the office and After about an hour, I have never felt so devastated and worthless in my life. I had been told for literally an hour that I would never be good enough unless I got X amount of money behind me or these celebrities behind me and I didn't have the following and it was just one thing after another. And the things that really sucked about what this executive said is there were elements of it that were true. I don't have a million followers and I didn't then. I didn't have a Kardashian behind me. I didn't have, you know, a million dollars in like brand deals or sales, whatever he was in saying to like fund this TV show of young entrepreneurs. So I walked into that meeting devastated, truly thinking my career was over. And I walked across the street and I stood on a pair of stairs and I just cried I remember I even called my mom and was like I'm not doing this again I can't deal with the rejection it's just too much for me and I got back to Boston and for a solid month we had had such a fun time in LA too we got like a free zip car and a free hotel this was back in the day when it was way easier to get free shit I haven't done anything with zip car in years but zip car if you're listening to this I still love you Anyway, so I get back to Boston and over the course of that month, I was just devastated. It just didn't make sense to me that if he was willing to think that, there was no way that other people weren't thinking that. And I knew that other people probably were going to. I didn't even allow myself to think that someone would give me a yes again. And so how over those 30 days did I get myself back up into the obsession with the falling down and getting back up again? It's because I realized that There are so many people out there who will say yes. I had gotten some yeses up to that point. And so why would I just let him tell me no and listen to what one person thought? Because what about the possibility that the second person was going to say yes? Now the stairs that I sat on 
was the exact building where three years later I ended up filming Fearless Every Day on Radio Disney, which was a similar format. I had pitched a bunch of producers, gotten one reply from someone at Disney. And so the exact building that I was filming that show every day in, in Burbank, I would look across the street and it was where I had sat. I was actually eye to eye because they're really tall buildings there. Eye to eye with the building and the office that I had sat in and been told that I would never be good enough. And to get that show, the Disney show took about three years. But that being said, what would have happened if I had let him win? There is no one that will tell you that you are good enough unless you are realizing that you are good enough for yourself. And so during that that month period when I was really frustrated, I let myself feel frustrated. It sucks to be rejected, but it also just means that there's something better out there. And I think a lot of small businesses fail and especially businesses in entertainment and kind of like pursuing what I'm pursuing is because they allow themselves to get knocked down and not get back up because it's just too difficult. And so if you really want to pursue something in entrepreneurship, and in this type of area, you need to celebrate those those falls. I don't like the word failures, but many people would view it as a failure. Falls and those failures because otherwise you don't know what's on the other side of it. So get off of social media and get off of the obsession with being viral and getting all these followers because you're going to get it and then what? There's just so much in this world and so much possibility and I think if anyone is sitting here listening to this and is more obsessed with followers after this, I'm probably the wrong host for you to listen to because I am telling you that it is the hard work that matters and that's especially what people like Leslie who are in big companies want to see. You want to show up and you want to have no ego because you're just so excited to learn. Every single day when I get on a phone call with anyone, I am equally just excited to learn something new. Even if it doesn't end up working out, I'm going to learn from it and grow from it and then move on to the next thing and the next opportunity. It's just one no out of a sea of yeses. Now I want to know if you like to hear me interview guests more or if you listening to this podcast every week like me looping in some of my own insight. When I started the new unfiltered I wanted to bring in and incorporate more of my own insight into this podcast for some of the valuable ideas that I've had kind of throughout my career surrounding entrepreneurship. So if you like me interviewing guests more, please let me know. Leave me a comment anywhere. But if you also like hearing from me mostly about what's going on in my life or business or what I'm learning, that's really awesome for me to know so that I can continue to tailor guests and concepts for you guys. Uh, and so I'm really excited to meet many of you at the upcoming summit. It's February 26th and you have to be a UConn student to attend. Again, if you have RSVP'd, so far to this point, you will have gotten a confirmation email. And if you haven't RSVP'd yet, you will be put on a wait list. And it's really awesome because you'll probably get in closer to assuming some people probably don't show up. So you'll still have a chance to come. And that VIP event on February 25th will be open to everyone, student or not student. So we are still figuring out some ways to incorporate the mentorship element into both of these small, smaller events. But you're still going to have a great time and hopefully we'll still walk away feeling extra extra fearless. So we'll see you guys next week for a new episode of the new unfiltered.